Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so we're reading from my book, The Pesky Kids 2, Bear in the Woods, and we're up to Chapter 13, Back in Hospital. Here we go. There doesn't appear to be anything physically wrong with her, said Dr. Vass in his slow, quavery voice. But she keeps claiming she sees bears, whispered Constable Pike. You know I can hear you, snapped April. The curtain isn't soundproof. April was back in a hospital bed in the emergency ward this time. Joe and Loretta were sitting with her and the curtain had been pulled around the bed, but they could hear Dr Vass and Constable Pike discussing her case. They can't have been standing more than a metre away. I'm pretty sure it's unethical for a doctor to be discussing your medical condition with a law enforcement officer, said Loretta, especially without your guardian present. They have forms in the Human Resources Office if you want to make a complaint. I know, because people are always making complaints about Daddy. They say he has the bedside manner of a serial killer, which I think is unfair, because serial killers must be quite charming to persuade people to get into their vans all the time. But even Daddy has never been cited revealing a patient's medical details to a police officer. I wasn't revealing details, protested Dr Vass, pushing open the curtains. I was reassuring the police officer that the patient was all right. I've got a videographic memory, said Loretta sweetly, so I know that isn't true. You're not going to tell Dr Viswanathan about this, are you? worried Dr Vass. He's the worst gossip in the hospital. Yes, it's only because he knows so many dark secrets about the hospital administrators that he's never been fired for his terrible bedside manner, explained Loretta. Also, being a brilliant surgeon helps. Isn't your mother a surgeon too? asked April. Are there complaints about her? Oh no, said Loretta. Daddy is brilliant, but Mummy is world class. She gets flown all around the world to operate on billionaires and world leaders, so she can be as rude to people as she likes. What's going on? Dad burst into the emergency room. It's not as dramatic as it sounds. The emergency room at the Currawong Base Hospital was not a large one, and they were having a quiet day. There was just April with her head injury, Officer Odinson with his dog bites, and an elderly lady who had fallen asleep with her electric blanket on high and become severely dehydrated. It's all right, Mr Pesky, said Constable Pike. She's not seriously hurt. The cut on her head just started bleeding again. Was she attacked by the bear? asked Dad, his face going white with fear. The constable sighed. No, because there are no bears in this country. How can you be sure? demanded Dad. What if someone released one on purpose to attack my family? Who would want to do that? asked Constable Pike. Dad realised he'd said too much. The fact that they were in hiding from the collective so they weren't kidnapped and used as leverage to interrogate his former wife was meant to be a secret. I don't know, but it's possible, he mumbled. 
If someone was going to attack your family, they wouldn't fly a bear in from another continent and release it in the forest on the off chance that one of your children might walk by, said Constable Pike. They'd just do something simple like, I don't know, set fire to your house. Dad gasped. Are you threatening me? He whimpered, his whole body trembling. No, said Constable Pike. Tell me, Mr Pesky, said Dr Vass, looking closely at Dad, is there a history of mental illness in your family? Why do you ask, asked Dad? That's none of your business. Why? What have you heard? His whole body was shuddering now, and he was talking at such a rapid-fire pace it was hard to understand him. It just occurred to me, said Dr Vass, in the kind and patient way doctors speak, when they know you've got something terribly wrong with you, that these claimed sightings of large wildlife might not have anything to do with the concussion April suffered, but rather some sort of mental response to a stress trigger. Ah, said Constable Pike, catching on. That would explain a lot about her behaviour. You think she's bonkers, don't you? I'm right here, yelled April. I can hear every word you're saying. I am not bonkers. Dr Vass put his hand on April's shoulder and spoke kindly to her, as if she were a two-year-old. Don't worry, dear. There's no stigma to having a mental illness. Well, there is, but not as much as there used to be. Dr Vass turned back to Constable Pike. Back in the olden days, one diagnosis and the patient would be carted off to an institution. There's nothing wrong with my daughter, protested Dad. You can't seriously believe that, said Constable Pike. Don't worry, said Loretta brightly. This is a good week to develop a psychiatric condition in Currawong. What are you talking about, stammered Joe. He did not like the direction the conversation was headed. Oh, yeah, Loretta's right, remembered Constable Pike. This is the week the shrink van's in town. Shrink van? And you say I'm bonkers, said April. What are you nutters on about? Currawong is too small to have a full-time psychiatrist, explained Constable Pike. You're kidding, said April. This town might be small, but the nut bar population is bigger than most major cities. So we get a travelling psychiatrist, continued Constable Pike, explaining more to Dad than anyone else. Her name is Dr Hillary. She visits once every six months and stays for a week. She has a caravan where she sees patients. She goes around all the small towns. I saw her caravan parked on Main Street yesterday, said Loretta. You could get an appointment today. So you have a psychiatrist who sees patients in a caravan on Main Street, said April. That's hardly very discreet, is it? Everyone in town can see who's going into the van to talk about their personal problems. It's a small town, said Constable Pike. Everyone knows everyone else's personal problems anyway. You do, accused April, because you cause most of them. I can arrange an appointment for this afternoon, said Dr Vass, consulting the list of phone numbers at the nurse's station. Dr Hillary has gaps in her schedule for emergency cases. Don't let them do it, Dad, urged Joe. April's fine. Well, as fine as she ever is. You're saying there was a bear, are you? demanded Constable Pike. Um, Joe blushed. You believe me, don't you, Joe? asked April. Joe was the closest thing to a consistent adult figure April had had in her young life. Neither her mother nor her father had been particularly effective or consistent parents. They'd been largely absent, either literally or emotionally. But Joe was the one who had always been there in April's daily life, stoically putting up with all her outrageous behaviour and pulling her out of harm's way when she really got herself into a pickle. You believe I saw a bear, don't you? 
I believe you th- think he saw a bear, said Joe. Ooh, ouch. You should have just lied, said Loretta, shaking her head sadly. Now you've hurt her feelings. April's lip quivered. For one horrible moment, Joe thought she was about to burst into tears. He glanced away, not wanting to add to her embarrassment by witnessing it. That was a mistake. The next second, a fist exploded into his nose. April had launched herself off the bed and was trying to strangle him. I'll see if I can get an appointment for straight after lunch, shall I? asked Dr. Vass, already beginning to dial. As Dad watched his son and daughter writhe around wrestling on the hospital floor, blood pouring out of Joe's nose and blood weeping out of the bandage on April's head, he realised things were not as they should be. Perhaps his children did need professional help. He looked at Dr. Vass and nodded, giving his consent. And that is the end of the chapter, so we'll leave it there. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>